0: sing me that song Bone
1: Daddy.
0: <laughs> let's go to New Orleans
1: yeah did you just say Zatarans I did and Bone Daddy <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, Stats focused Podcast about UJA football. I'm Justin.
1: And I'm Nathan.
0: And we are headed into our latest episode. We've been away for a little while, uh, tending to our wounds and enjoying the holiday season. And, you know, nobody just just nobody really seemed to want to talk much about what transpired the last time we were all together in the same place, enjoying the
1: same thing. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. No, I don't want that.
0: But we'll we'll go over Why just would a little I want bit. That? Uh, there won't be a, a deep dive because it, it's fairly apparent uh, that that stats I wouldn't say stats betrayed us by any means, but this was a weird stats season to say the very least. So this is kind of like a like a season wrap up and what's next and what are we gonna see next. But I, yeah. I will say like even over the holidays I I saw some family who said hey what the hell happened? You said that Georgia was gonna beat this team by three touchdowns or Georgia was gonna do this thing and I was like we only review the stats <laughs> like I can only tell you what the stats say. Yeah. You
1: know?
0: So. With that being said, what the hell happened at the SEC Championship, Nathan?
1: I don't know, man. It's hard to say. It's I, really I, not hard, hard to say. Well, but. I mean, it's it's not hard. It's just like you have a combination of you hit sort of like the Joe Burrow war machine yeah. <laughs> on top of the on top of the fact that you, you know, it's you hit the Joe Burrow war machine and you also don't play well and you're not having good play calling. And so at the end of the day like when that happens you don't I mean it's not I don't know I mean it's not going to There's Crazy. nothing really like confusing about it to me honestly. Yeah.
0: It's just bad. It's bad all around. Bad offense. Yeah. You know, young offense, young wide receivers, not enough communication, not enough connection, bad play calling.
1: Uh, Shea yeah. field. <laughs> I mean and and also also I mean you just the L, LSU was playing is playing is probably the best team in the nation right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: LSU this LSU's team is has to be one of the most lethal teams we've seen in the decade, I feel. Like, one of the most, just all-around best teams that I've ever seen, honestly. Um, I haven't been around for too long. I've been around for almost a decade as a football fan. But it's just, they are wild to watch. And full disclosure, this episode is being recorded after their their absolute trouncing of Oklahoma. And you're right. Joe Burrow yeah. is an, is a real war machine.
1: Like, it should yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't miss. No, he doesn't he miss. He just doesn't miss. And it's not just and... him, but he puts it where it needs to be. He, does, he doesn't miss it all. You know, we talked about how, like, oh, well, maybe we can keep it close. And it became very apparent early in the game that the only way we were going to keep it close is if we could score points. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, we're just beating a dead horse. But it's like this team, whether it's talent or coaching or whatever, I don't really care to, like, discuss which one it is. For whatever reason, this team could not keep up with that. Yeah. Hard stop. <laughs> Full stop. I mean, I, I have nothing That's else it, to say. Yeah. So things that came away from that game, we
0: we definitely have some folks that have already declared early for the NFL draft that aren't going to be playing in the Baylor game. Uh, yeah. The Baylor Bowl game, which is kind of like blah, 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 blah. But um, there were also some coaching changes. One notable coaching change is that Sam Pittman left and headed over to the SEC West. So he was definitely a huge piece of what we do. And it's not only that he was an offensive line coach, that he was one of the biggest recruiters on our team. And so... Have we already seen some changes? Have we already seen what, – what do we have to worry about, I guess,
1: from from your point of view? I mean, well, I mean, obviously, he is one of the better offensive line recruiters in, in the nation. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think that he's necessarily not. I think that he definitely did not have a good year this year. The offensive line has not had a great year at all, despite their lofty ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a, oh, this is definitely Sam Pittman's fault or not. I don't think it is. Um we replaced him with Matt Luke, which I think is actually kind of a decent it was pretty it's pretty good actually, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um Matt Luke, you know, he recruited Laramie Tunsil. He has a, he has a pretty good reputation as, you know, despite his sort of failure as the coach of Ole Miss, he definitely has a good reputation as a recruiter and an aline coach. And um he was the guy who took Laramie Tunsil out of UGA and we can discuss like why that happened that he did that, but he definitely he definitely can recruit and he seems to have he, um, you know, as soon as he came in, he locked up Tate Rattledge, who was the either highest or second highest rated O-line commit that we have. He locked up Tate Ratledge, um, who is our highest rated O-line commit right now. He also brought in Chad Lindbergh, who is an offensive tackle, a four-star from Texas, which is good because Lindbergh has a very good reputation. He signed Oskin Blasky, who's a guy from Effingham in uh, South Georgia. He's only a three-star, but he has a pretty good rep, um, You know, the big, the sort of like what remains to be seen with Matt Luke is that there's two guys that are uh, sort of still out there. Uh, Cedric Van Pan or Van Pran is the highest rated center in the class and is committed, has not signed broderick jones is the second ranked offensive tackle in the class who is also committed but not signed and if he can bring those two dudes in we will have the second and third ranked offensive tackle for like the third year in a row Mm -hmm. um and you know it's hard to say it's hard to super be upset about that yeah like um i mean this class is looking really good fourth in the nation second in the sec uh one of the highest average ratings per two four seven in the nation i think was the highest. I don't know if it still is the highest. Give me a second. I'll tell you. Definitely still have a shot to get the, uh, to be the number one class in the nation. Yeah. 19 commits, fourth in the nation, 93.65 average rating ties us with first in the nation, Clemson. And we have 19 commits and they have 23. Alabama has 26. Ohio state has 25. They're pretty much locked in. Mm-hmm. So we still have a lot of room to grow. We have four to five spots left. So depending on who those spots are, um, will depend on, whether or not we are the first ranked class in the nation. I mean, we're trending for the number eight player, Kelly Ringo. This is I know this is not really a recruiting episode, but I just think it's recruiting important. is looking That's very good. We're headed, right? yeah. Let me rephrase recruiting is looking really good. And I think Matt Luke has had something to do with that. Now it's obviously small sample size, but he definitely hasn't like when he came in, we didn't lose Tate Ratledge, which mm-hmm. is really sort of like You know, he was one of the big in-state OTs that we really needed to to lock up. And if he doesn't lose Broderick Jones anyway, either, which it remains to be seen whether or not that'll happen, if he keeps both of those guys, then it's hard to say it was anything but a success. Now, on the field, I mean, he has a good reputation, but uh, even, you know, Pittman, with his reputation, we didn't have a super great uh, O-line performance this year, despite, you know, (laughs) despite as uh, all of the the brouhaha from me included... Mm -hmm. um, coming into the year so i don't know man i i think i think obviously it's a blow but also like if you're going to build a program at this level you have to expect that it's going to happen
0: yeah it's it's part of it it's part of the whole process and you you got to find your team in the right place at the right time as far as like players leaving the team goes uh in order to make spots for for players coming in goes like it's only so much as say like oh they're gonna you know play for their positions and there's going to be a lot of uh you know competition between these players it's like there's you can only say that so much we saw that of course with like jake Fromm and justin fields like jake Fromm's winning games jake Fromm was the leader of the team there was so much going on like you competition between players only goes so far so you got to find your team at the right place the right time to make sure you have spots for these guys coming in or else we're not going to get folks like kelly ringo and darnell washington so uh i think it's really important Birch, fingers crossed and zachary evans so uh, i hope that we yeah. see zachary evans like there's a great there's a very good chance we get him uh he's hinted at it a little bit and so just because deandre swift is probably headed out onto the nfl um i mean yeah
1: he definitely is I yeah mean, i would be he is all i'd but be staggered it. yeah what do um, you what do you think about the jake li- li- while we're talking about individual players here for mm-hmm. a second what are we thinking about jake Fromm? it's very do you strange think he's gonna leave and if he does what is your thought so I have not done any,
0: you know, ear to the ground kind of investigative work kind of hear or see what, you know, folks are saying as far as Jake Fromm goes. I think what I I have seen is that he still has a decent argument to go on to the NFL. Like it doesn't always, it's not a one-for-one translation from college to NFL, whether or not a player will be successful. And just because uh, of recency bias, like this year has not been Jake Fromm's best year. That's fine. He has plenty of uh you know, time on record showing how good he is and where he could be, uh, given the right coaching staff and personnel to, to move forward. So I think that as far as his NFL stock goes, if it has dropped, which I'm sure it has, it hasn't dropped as tremendously as people might be worrying about it. And if he does go, I don't think we're gonna be in the worst spot ever, especially since the team's gonna have to I grow mean, for the next few years. So it, it's you
1: have Dewan Mathis, you have Carson yeah. Beck. Somebody, you know, you're gonna have I mean, ultimately, I, I I feel similarly, like if he wants to go and he, and he has the opportunity to make a lot of money, I'm never angry at any player no. who does that. I will say, I think this is a bad class for him to go with. Yeah, I do too. But if he's getting a second round grade, I mean, it's hard to say no to that. Yeah. I think if he comes back, really the ceiling of this team is the offensive coordinator still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the ceiling's lower without him, obviously, but if we don't fix the oc and execution problems that we've had then it won't matter
0: Mm -hmm. i will say you know using sp plus uh one of the the highest determinations (laughs) of uh, returning success and efficiency is your returning wide receivers and we have a plethora of those (laughs) so at least there's that we've also recruited a number of wide receivers and we've been courting a number of wide receivers over the past few weeks and so we should be seeing uh you know lots of great wide receivers over the next few years but To end the Jake Fromm question or at least give my own answer, if he goes, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think, you know, I don't think his ultimate goal this year or even when he does get drafted is to start somewhere. Like Joe Burrow is going to start for, what, the Bengals? Cool. Good for you, Joe Burrow.
1: That's great. I mean, yeah, there is sort of an angle of like, if you get drafted late in the second round or late in the first round, you probably go to a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. And you get a decent contract and you you get to grow a somebody Contract, And honestly, like, you have the opportunity to become... Uh, a pretty good player behind a very behind what is probably a very good player mm-hmm. i mean you know you get drafted to the patriots which i mean that's not likely but if you do then you're in really good shape mm-hmm. right and exactly. so i mean i i would miss him and i despite his sort of uneven play at times this year i think that he definitely is going to be an nfl quarterback in mm-hmm. some variety i think he's probably you know i mean he may end up taking the aaron murray route or he backs up for a few years and then gets out of there and does some broadcasting but hey more power to him it's hard to turn down that signing bonus and um i think that if he goes it definitely lowers our ceiling next year but at the same time i i just wonder what our ceiling is regardless if we keep james coley without any changes
0: yeah something needs to change and if it's just assistant coaches or what i don't know it, something needs to change uh, somewhere along yeah. the line i haven't seen enough changes already Uh, but we'll probably see more after the ball game. Or the bowl game, excuse me. Not ball game. It is a ball game, but Mm -hmm. it's the bowl game specifically. Do you want to talk about any other recruits that we've seen coming in? Uh, You did mention that we are the number four team. We do have a few more folks that are uh, expected to sign with Georgia that are a couple more five stars, which would really put us uh, in contention for that number one spot, which would be very exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got got, uh, Kelly Ringo is one of the higher rated cornerbacks in the class. He is sort of like your... I don't know Tyreek Stevenson your uh Tyson Campbell of this class um he's one that has I'm I mean I'm not a recruiting expert by any means but apparently the the sort of like the 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 scoop on him is that he's sort of a um almost day one starter at cornerback 6'2 205 pounds Number one overall cornerback, number one overall player in the state of uh, Arizona, eighth ranked player in the class this year. He is not committed, but it does feel like that he is. We are we are in a good place with him. Mm-hmm. You've got Jordan Birch, who is committed but not signed to South Carolina. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke either way about Jordan Birch. He's a uh, defensive end. He's the fifth ranked player in the nation. There's a lot of smoke about him about maybe he'll come to UGA. Maybe he you know he hasn't signed because something else has happened. I don't know really. Um, I would say we still have a decent chance, but I would still say probably goes to South Carolina. But I mean, he's from South Carolina. He, he He's from uh, Columbia. He went to the Hammond School. Kelly Ringo, I think we got a really good chance at. Then I think we have a really good chance. if I think he's he's already signed, but is announcing on January 2nd on Darnell Washington. He's a five-star. He's an athlete, but he's probably going to play tight end. Um, he's <laughs> huge. End. Yeah, he's a five-star athlete from uh, Las Vegas. He's six, seven and a half, 261 pounds. Just a ridiculous... I mean just a ridiculous athlete like dude can run he's giant I think he's probably going to be a lot he's going to be a tight end that we won't throw to and that I'll slowly have an aneurysm every game every time we don't (laughs) throw to him you got Zachary Evans who is the he's a running back from Texas I think he is the yeah he's number one running back Mm -hmm. in the class this year uh 14th in the class um you know there's a lot of smoke about him to Georgia I he kind of didn't quite admit that he had already signed with georgia but sort of but did he, he said did. like i've already signed he said i've already signed and i signed with a place that had a freshman rb win the win the super bowl their first year which i we assume might mean sony michelle he's a big dude he's got a lot he's very dynamic he flashes you know he has really good athleticism he's five eleven, two hundred 200 pounds so he's not like a zeus type but he's he's big enough you know um he's fast he ran a he ran the shuttle and or he won the shuttle in 3.8 and the 40 and 4.5. He's like a 4-5-40 guy. I think, you know, the the sort of book on him right now is that maybe he has some off-field stuff, just in terms of like he's just a kid and he's kind of acted he's acted sort of very publicly like a dumbass a couple of times. And that's not like a euphemism for he's drank a lot or done drugs or something. Like literally just acted like a dumbass publicly. <laughs> he got sent home. He got sent home from the uh Texas State Championship game because I think he wouldn't give his his coach, his phone, which is like, yeah, that's stupid. But at the same time, if you, held, if you held that level of stupidity against every high school kid, like you'd never sign a high school kid. So yeah, those three dudes, so Kelly Ringo, um, Darnell Washington, Zach Evans, those three feel like UGA leans. If you add those three and we keep Broderick Jones, who is a guy who is committed to Georgia but has not signed, you're looking at a very good class. That would put us at I want to be accurate because I'm pretty sure if you get those four guys that you're a you're probably the number one class in the nation. Um, If you get Jones, if you keep Jones and Cedric Van Pan, who is another that offensive center, keep both of those guys. And you add those uh, and you add Ringo Evans and Darnell Washington, then you're if not the number one class in the nation, you're number two at worst. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, UJ is number four right now and two and three are pretty full. And Clemson only probably has spots for, like, one or two other guys. So we, I think, definitely have a chance to to challenge for the top spot, I yeah.
0: would say. Yeah, currently it looks like Clemson's pretty full up, like you said. Um, I had all the classes right here. It says something like they had, like, six five-star. It was, it was pretty ridiculous how much further ahead they are than us, but we still have a few spots left open. So... There, there's plenty to still see. Um, and with the announcement of Zachary Evans later this week, we'll, we'll see a bit more, you know, where we're, we're well, yeah, you'll
1: have, you'll have Zachary Evans and Darnell Washington in on January 2nd at the Army, uh, Army All-American Bowl. Hmm. And if you get those two guys that day, and then you just are sort of waiting on Van Pran and on Jones to see what happens there, uh, and then on Birch, if you get some combination of two of those three plus the three you think you've already got in Ringo, Evans, and... Um, Washington, you're looking at 24 players, and probably at worst the second, yeah, um, the second class in the nation. It's pretty good. Probably at worst, it's pretty good. So it's like that. That's the kind of thing where if you finish with that kind of class, it's hard to say that you have anything but a continued run of dominance in the SEC East, and it's hard to say that you have anything but you know a chance to keep going to the the college football playoff. And Mm -hmm. despite all the negativity surrounding the season. I don't know, man. It's hard for me to. I, I don't know. feel it's hard bad. For me yeah. to Be negative about yeah. that. Yeah. The SSC West I, is looking pretty dangerous, of, though. I, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of negativity about like how this team is being run in the micro, but it's hard in the macro to say that it's anything but like looking continue like
0: it can will continue to be really good. Very exciting stuff. Uh, past that, we can start looking at how did you, did, you got a chance to watch the games this weekend, right? The semifinals and everything yeah yeah i watched all of it what were your takeaways from i guess the we'll start with the first one the lsu oklahoma game what was your takeaway from that one do you have like a just kind of a critics review
1: lsu oklahoma i mean oklahoma is the best team or lsu is the best team in the nation yeah and it's hard to say anything other than that at this point for me i mean i think that joe burrow just looks absolutely ridiculous and i think it's 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 hard to it's hard to bet against them is what i would say Mm -hmm. for me personally what is after watching those
0: games what are, what are some things that you're seeing there that are just completely missing just from the eye test for georgia what do we do to get there i like, mean
1: a, a consistent downfield passing attack right i mean mm-hmm. that's that's the beginning and end of it to me and and just the idea that you can run to set up the pass yeah or you can pass to set up the run yeah you, you can run to set up the pass and it can work sometimes but you don't have to and that's that's sort of the thing that kind of gets me about uh Coley and, and Smart, it's like, yeah, I want to run the ball too, but you can see how effective like all of their running backs. LSU second and third string running back because they didn't have quite Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but for like one play, um their second and third string running backs were incredibly effective because they had opened up the pass so much. And look, we have a long way to go if we are ever going to get to some place like LSU was this year. I mean, mm-hmm. to be frank, LSU even by their own standards, they're not going to be this good next year, no. right? I mean, you, you they kind of I think they kind of caught they caught fire in a bottle. Are they caught lightning in a bottle this year? Because you have the combination of a senior quarterback, you have really, really, really good, you have really, really good wide receivers who are all going to probably go to the uh, NFL. Not all of them, but several of them are. Um, and so, I don't think even LSU can repeat this. I think this is just a special year on LSU's part. But still, you can see the how dynamic they are offensively in terms of the they scheme guys open pretty consistently, and we do not. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. On the one hand, you've got guys like Jamar Chase, and you've got just like their third. You have their third wide receiver being a first-round draft pick, basically, and we don't have that, and we and we were never going to have that this year. But we also weren't doing anything schematically to try to get guys open, right? It was always like you have to win a fifty-fifty ball, and yeah, that's part of that can be part of your offense if you have wide receivers like LSU does, but we don't. Mm-hmm. And so, just watching them get guys open via scheme and via just like being smart about where they get put guys on the field and and play design, it, it really frustrates me because. <laughs> it's like come on guys like this is doable for us like we could do that right and so i don't know man i i if you want both of these games really put me in the mind of like you have to have a really good quarterback and you have to give them the keys to the car and let them run it yeah and i actually think jake Fromm is a really good quarterback i don't know that he's as good as any of the four guys that were in the college football playoff but i think he's really good i mean i think he's a better pure passer than a couple of them but We have never given him that level of like, go out there, chuck it, run fast, throw it down the field. And I think that that has weighed on him psychologically. I think that he Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like he has access to, you know, the entire field because he's worried about turning the ball over. And when you play scared, the good things aren't going to happen.
0: The two things I found really interesting about the Clemson and Ohio State game. It was an awesome game. First off, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I can't talk trash about Clemson anymore having seen what they were yeah, able to do. I mean,
1: they, they're they good. They're very they're good. Very, very it's very good.
0: difficult to win as many teams as they have in as long as they have one.
1: It's and uh, two, 30 in a row, 29 in a row, something like that.
0: Something like that. And and past that, it's, it's really difficult to return a to back-to-back national championships. It's super difficult to do that without your top two wide receivers at 100% as well. So yeah. something that we've been complaining about as a fan base this past year is that we... You know, we're like, we have no wide receivers. We have freshman wide receivers, yada, yada, yada. How were... So with that in mind, like, how do we emulate what they were able to do without their top two wide receivers in Higgins and Ross? Like, what, what are we missing to be able to do that?
1: A, you have a... I mean, you know, in, in, in many ways, Trevor Lawrence won them that game with his feet. And yeah. so you have, a, you have a dynamic guy who can run and can throw. And mm-hmm. like, um, until we are willing to not only recruit a dual threat... But actually, use him as a dual threat, and not just have him run like on a couple of times a game. Like we're really willing to let him run, and just take the risk that he's going to get hurt. You're not going to have that kind of dynamism, mm-hmm. right? Or dynamic, dyna- dyna- dynamicism, dynamism. <laughs> dynamicism. You're not going to be that dynamic. I, I <laughs> there think it is, it is, and you know, I I think that I don't know. I mean, it just really frustrated me watching the way that they utilize their skill. Because like, you know, LSU and Clemson clearly have more skill than UGA does. However, the gap is not as big as I think that it seems because we don't utilize what we do very intelligently. Yeah. Right. We don't, we don't utilize the skill that we do have very intelligently. And so what ends up happening is that you don't have, I I don't know. I mean, it's just you, you, if you're not smart about the way you deploy who you have on the field, it doesn't matter how good who you have is. Yeah, if that makes sense, it does. And that's kind of what I and that's what I saw was, our just like complete unwillingness to open up the offense and use spread concepts, man, that the word spread is the most overused word in the in in the world. So let me be more specific using wide splits in the wide receivers, you know, getting up and down the field quickly, not just choosing to do uh, hurry up just at the end of the half, like being smart about like, okay, here's how you uh i don't know here's how you scheme guys open here's when you go fast here's how you scheme open a play for your one wide receiver it just feels like so many of our passing plays just rely on us winning a matchup they don't rely on us getting someone out of alignment and because of that if you don't have guys you can win matchups it doesn't work right yeah. and what frustrates me is that clemson and lsu do have guys who can win matchups but we they still don't always do that right they don't always throw 50 50 balls and we always do so you 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 have an offense that doesn't have a dynamic threat at quarterback as as good as Jake is. He's not a runner and you, you sort of like hamstring him and you make him so super aware of the fact that he can't turn the ball over that he doesn't push the ball down the field. Yeah. And when you do that, yeah, what you end up with doesn't work. Like it doesn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very true. I think the one thing that I saw from, from these four teams playing is that their offensive coordinators and their team had complete trust and gave access to the complete playbook. To their quarterback, and that's something that we we've seen and we've been frustrated about is that something I've I've heard over and over and over again over the past two years is when Jake Fromm is allowed to do what he wants to do, we we move the ball <laughs> when he does hurry up offense and chooses a play, we move the ball. Well, know? and
1: we all forget that like Jake was a hurry up no huddle mm-hmm. spread guy in uh, when he was in Houston County. That's what they did, mm-hmm. and so like that's what he wants to do. I think by nature, and I think. You know, I don't think he's like a Mike Leach quarterback, but I think that he could be closer to that if we let him. And it just feels so stultified. Everything we do where we're running like, you know, there's one or two options. And if they're covered up, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And and, and it's just like even simple stuff like, you know, that we have one of the lowest rates of play action plays run this year. Oh, I believe it. Like. How what what the fuck are we doing and you watch those two you watch those two quarterbacks who are from georgia and i don't even want to get into that spiel and like i understand why trevor lawrence and justin fields aren't at georgia anymore and it's not their fault and i'm not blaming them but i will say like what are we doing like what how do you watch either of those games and think oh yeah what uga is doing on offense is definitely working yeah. And yes, I know a lot of it is execution. I get that. But we, by nature, don't want to do what those guys are doing. And we're not going to win a national championship until we do. Yeah, That's just what the game is. Like mm-hmm. I, it, And this is the thing. If we want to win a national championship running the ball and playing man ball, we need to get under center, bring back the fullback or the H-back, neither of which we use, and run the goddamn ball. But we're not doing it because, I, I don't know, it's like you, we're trying to do man ball, but without the man ball. And yeah. it just, it's not going to work. Without all
0: your pieces, yeah. You need all the pieces to do it right. And that, that's another thing too, is like they have, we have players that will be stars. We've had so many players over the past decade, two decades that went on to the NFL and were absolutely phenomenal. And people were like, well, yeah, we told you that. They would have been that, that at, at Georgia had they been given the chance. Like we watched Trevor Lawrence and Justin, We I watched Trevor Lawrence do this thing he's never done before. He ran for 107 yards yesterday. And that's just, I'm like, that's t- something I never would have thought would have happened. And he had to do that.
1: In a big game, they trusted him, mm-hmm. right? And he he went th- he followed through. And I don't know that we trust Jake Fromm. Like we trust him to make calls at the line of scrimmage. We give him calls, but we don't trust him to play the game the way that that frankly we probably need to play to win. Yeah.
0: And they they use their players. They use all their pieces, all their players that are going to be most likely great players in the NFL, like uh, Travis Etienne. That dude is phenomenal. J.K. Dobbins, absolutely phenomenal. Just Justin Fields had a great game. Every single like high-ceiling player that they hear about that you hear about from these two teams had a phenomenal day because they were utilized properly and they were trusted to do what they need to do. Like J.K. Dobbins looked like Michael Turner did for the Falcons years ago when he was in his prime, just like bowling dudes over. They gave him the ball, they passed him the ball, they used him when they needed to. And that last play of the game, when he was once again wide open after having, you know, trudged ohio state down the field in less than a minute they justin fields and the wide receiver miscommunicated and he threw the ball to somebody else despite jk dobbins being the player that was over and over and over again open and ready to you know move the ball and so
1: well i i I think justin fields like can i just say one thing before we move on because we we should actually talk about the sugar bowl huh Mm -hmm. we like on the one hand i have no negative feelings towards justin fields and honestly like i hate to fall into this and i know people are going to be like lib you're such a lib. Own the libs or whatever when I say <laughs> this, but like, frankly, like a lot of the criticisms of Justin Fields seem to me to be tinged with racism. That's all I'm going to say, mm-hmm. right? And and so I have no problem with the fact that he left. I don't. I mean, and if something happened that was racist to him, like I don't care about. I, I I think that's a good reason to leave, and I believe that it did, right? So that's not a problem to me. I don't have any problem with Justin Fields leaving, and I think honestly, it's more of a surprise to me that he even came to UGA in the first place because, uh, like, we were never going to run what he needed to be as good as he could be. So that I will say. And I and I don't I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna call him a damn good dog because I think that we overuse that term as it is, but I do have no problem with Justin Fields, and I hope nothing but the best for him. And he looked really fantastic a lot of the he time did. last night. Yeah. But but you saw last night some of the reasons why he didn't play, right? Yeah. I mean he's mm-hmm. he's an incredibly dynamic, he's an incredibly dynamic athlete. He can run, he can throw, he's got he has all the tools in the world, but he still is not a polished passer. So you have to understand that you if UGA is going to play the kind of offense that they want to play that's not going to work right ultimately that's not going to work like what Justin Fields does doesn't work and so like yeah it makes sense that he lost the job to Jake Fromm now could we have handled you know the way he left and handled like a package for him better yes absolutely and is it I think in large part still our fault that he left 100% yes but at the same time just as i think it's kind of racist and if not racist at least inaccurate to be so critical of justin fields i also think it's pretty inaccurate to try to troll uga by saying like oh this is what you gave up uga and it's like well even that guy last night probably doesn't beat jake Fromm in uga system and that Mm -hmm. is stupid that is stupid i i'm not saying it's not but that's just what it is right and and if you want that to change you don't have to change who Jake Fromm is and who, or who Justin Fields is, you have to change, like what UGA does on offense. Yeah, right. So I just I feel like some of the criticism is just sort of like a little half cocked.
0: What I can kind of wrap up is the the final like one sentence takeaway from all this: what UGA needs to do in the future to win more games is to take more risks. Is is how yeah. I see it.
1: Is because you have well, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot in the past. It's like when you have talent, you can assume risk. You can mm-hmm. be assumptive of risk a lot easier when you have that level of talent right and we and we are playing this low margin easy ball like that 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 avoids risk as though we didn't have talent and it doesn't make any sense yeah it drives me crazy
0: before we m- move on from these games i just wanted to i was trying to find the exact statistic uh, the win loss record for trevor lawrence trevor lawrence has only lost like in his entire football career and i'm talking like high school like Wee, like from the beginning of him starting playing football he's only lost like five games in his entire life isn't that yeah. wild <laughs> yeah that's just no, he's
1: he's he's absolutely ridiculous
0: yeah he's a cool guy he's neat to watch really fun uh not excited to watch another clemson national championship because that was when he's kind of a jackass but i besides you that know, honestly
1: dude <laughs> i don't think i don't i think lsu's gonna beat him i do too i think the the rightful tigers
0: will win the game and one you know two death valleys enter and one death valley leaves and i think we have to burn the losers down to the ground
1: yeah that's all i'll say about that no i don't you know what i don't want to destroy their their stadium let's just drain their lake
0: (laughs) (laughs) beautiful death valley stadium or whatever the hell their stadium is called they always talk about the waterfront they're like oh ain't that waterfront beautiful in the commentary uh not Mm -hmm. anymore idiots okay (laughs) let's talk about the sugar bowl (laughs) what do you say nathan let's do it let's talk about dogs versus bears dogs georgia bears baylor they're from texas Wikipedia says these teams have met four times in the past between 1972 and 1980 time was the last time they played georgia has won all four meetings the largest margin of victory was back in 1989 15 to 3 which is probably what this game will look like uh going into the good old i have to, I have to go ball. to this
1: game could you not depress me i'm so sorry please <laughs> well <laughs> So we, we,
0: we control every single statistic on Wikipedia, you know, from all time record all the way down to how many weeks we have been at number one, you know, Baylor is just not as decorated of a program, but some really cool things about Baylor that, uh, is really interesting to see, like they, they have had a huge turnaround as a program. I cannot believe two seasons ago, they were one and 11 and then they went to seven and six and 11 and well, two.
1: It's because they were like aiding and abetting sexual abusers and rapists, right? Well there's like-
0: that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know enough about that to speak to that, actually. I didn't actually know that.
1: So, there was a um, a sexual assault, a rape that happened on campus involving several football players. Art Briles knew about it, and so did uh, Kenneth Starr, who was the president, also knew about it and either covered it up or did nothing about it. And so they got fired. And, like, I don't, I'm not going to actually, no, I am going to get into politics. Can you believe that Kenneth Starr? as the as the head of like a good baptist university had the had the goddamn gall to like abet sexual assault after he had been so high and mighty about like what bill clinton did with monica Lewinsky like that piece of shit god i'm so glad he lost his job it couldn't have happened <laughs> you hate to see it it couldn't have i mean like i obviously this is like me on my political soapbox and you never want to minimize the victim and the victims in this case are really the bat, the real issue. So I don't want to use anything to say anything bad about Baylor, but I will say like they have had a huge turnaround because they got smoked. Like Mm -hmm. everybody got fired. Every, every, everybody got fired. And then when everybody got fired, the NCAA said that basically anyone could transfer. And so like half their team transferred.
0: That's why we had such a big turnaround. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Baylor's had an incredible season. They played really, really well. Um, they lost the, the championship, unfortunately, to the, uh, the Oklahoma team. It was a pretty close game. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that. Let me check my stats. 23-30, yeah, not too far. Um, and that was an overtime, of course, too. But I don't think Baylor would have fared much better against LSU than Oklahoma did, though, to be fair. We have uh, a lot of issues with this game coming up. So, number five, Georgia going in against number seven, Baylor bears. It is upsetting. Uh, I know it's upsetting for a lot of players. It's upsetting for a lot of fans that this is where we are, are ending the season, but it is what it is. Um, we had a really great season, but the, the part that's really upsetting is how many players are actually missing from the lineup for any number of reasons. Yeah. And so do you have the list pulled up? I do. So I'll go down this list real quick and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about why they're missing and uh, whether or not we know. So, you know, um, Kirby Smart hasn't really talked about it. He didn't reveal it. This is just all from the media getting to see for themselves. Uh, they were at a viewing session at the Superdome this weekend, and they got to kind of watch practice and who was lining up and who was doing what. So we already knew about Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson. They both recently declared for the NFL draft, so they will not mm-hmm. be there. Uh, so that's our left and right tackle. So there's that. Uh, past <laughs> that, Brian Harrion
1: is not going to be there. The rumor on Brian Harrion and Tyler Clark... Yes, is that they um, did not pass a drug pat drug test for ah, a recreational substance? Gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. They just haven't released those two players. I know that um, there hasn't yeah. been anything about them. So Harry and Clark will not be there either. Um, and so that leaves us with McIntosh, Zeus, Cook. Those are our running backs. Past that, we are missing Ben Cleveland due to academic reasons. Uh, so there's our right guard. J.R. Mm-hmm. Reed is still hurt, so he's out, and he's going
1: to go on to. He be- tried to. He for the record like, there was a lot of like fake juice about that but like he absolutely tried to play and yeah. he's just hurt and he's a senior and he's about to go to the senior bowl there's no reason to for him to play in this game so like no. let's not talk crap about jr reed not no. you not that you were no. but i hate when people do of course
0: um yeah the entire clark of course is defensive line Um. devod wilson is out um defensive back uh, offensive lineman demarcus hayes will be out quay I think walker devod wilson
1: i think devod wilson is hurt and i think quay walker ben cleveland Demarcus Hayes are all academic things, is what I've okay. heard. Gotcha. Uh
0: Justin Young, the defensive lineman. Uh Walter Grant, another linebacker. Uh Tyreek McGee, which will be one that, that hurts. Um mm-hmm. won't be so great. And then Dominic Blaylock is confirmed ACL tear. Lawrence Cager, shoulder. Um, and one interesting thing is that we saw Natori Johnson was uh on the offense instead of defense. So he'll be filling in for probably one of the many roles uh, that are missing on our offense.
1: Yeah, he'll probably just be depth. Um, As of right now, it looks like coming into this game that our starting offensive line is going to be Jamari Soller at left tackle, Warren Erickson at left guard, uh, Trey Hill at center. I cannot remember who's playing right guard. I'm going to say maybe like Xavier Truss. And then I can't remember. Oh, Cade Mays at right tackle. So Xavier Truss, Warren Erickson would be their first time ever starting, I think. I don't think it's their first time ever playing, but it it would be their first start. Uh, Jamari Sawyer is a natural guard, but he's good enough that he can probably take left tackle. That's, to me, I think kind of the story is how, how good does the offensive line look you were going to have to replace a lot of the production that's missing anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were going to always you were always going to have to replace Jerry Reed, you're always going to have to replace Lawrence Cager, even if they played in this game. Um but seeing what we have behind those guys is is interesting but not necessarily like doesn't tell it tells us what we're going to look like next year but doesn't really tell us about depth. But seeing like the dude who is replacing seeing what Xavier Trust does is very interesting to me because we will yeah. probably have Ben Cleveland Net back next year, right? But it mm-hmm. looks like, right? We um should. and and so, like seeing what he looks like behind him is actually a pretty, pretty interesting thing. And it's also going to be interesting to see Jamari Sawyer play left tackle. He does not. Sawyer is not, or maybe he's playing right tackle. It doesn't matter. Seeing him play tackle is interesting because Sawyer is not like a natural tackle. He doesn't have that length, but he is like a road grading dude. So, like, I mean, running behind him might make sense. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see if James Coley changes anything about the way he calls plays because we have all these dudes missing. Uh, pause. And then in Ron Howard narrator voice, he didn't. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm 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 very interested to see what goes on.
0: Yeah, so that's a great segue, actually. Uh, with with Xavier Trust being one of the players that'll be replacing our offensive line, and Jamari Sawyer, Cade Mays will still be there, of course. So we'll get to see those guys. Cade Mays is great anywhere. Uh, I think Jamari Sawyer is growing a lot. And I'm very excited to see how he plays still. Um, but I'm, I want to ask you, who are the people that we want to watch the most for this game to kind of give us kind of an idea of how, where we're going and how we're going forward?
1: Um, I mean, Jake Fromm, obviously. But I mean, I think watching the running back core, like Zeus, Kenny McIntosh, Cook, seeing how they're utilized, seeing what we can get out of the lower end of our wide receiver depth. So not just Pickens, but I'm sure you'll see Micaiah Tongue in this game um you'll probably see more matt landers in this game can those mm-hmm. dudes step up and be actual receiving threats because if they can't we're boned um it'll be interesting to see what happens in the backfield i, I think tyreek stevenson is one of the dudes who's not playing because of academics so seeing and with him and devoid wilson out seeing what we have behind them um you know i have a lot of stats for this game but i ultimately think they kind of don't matter because this team is this team is not the team that's been playing the entire year so that might be good in some ways it might be bad in some others mm-hmm. we see where stats got we're, us now though yeah it's hard hard to be worse um yeah i could give you a lot of stats for this game but ultimately i think the players playing matter more than the stats yeah because i don't think we're gonna win this game i hate yeah
0: Uh, there's a good chance we won't baylor has a lot of players that are staying
1: we should win this game baylor cares more about this game and it's like special to them and i think we're going to come out there and like flat ass it and we're not going to play well and we're going to run a really vanilla offense and it's going to be frustrating for everyone uh, that's my that's my prediction because yeah. i think baylor really wants to be here and i do think that our i, I think a lot of our young players want to be here and so we might have a better amount of effort than we did last year and still not be as successful just because you know we're, we've we lost so many guys like it's hard to see this going super well when you don't have that many offensive linemen it's really going to be a test of our line depth especially if we just try to run the goddamn ball at the middle still so i don't know man
0: let's talk about the Baylor team, real quick. I'm gonna head over to see where they sit as far as SP Plus total. Because so, yeah. so so far, where we're sitting right now, Georgia is still number five as far as SP Plus goes. Um, so looking at SP Plus overall, so we know that Georgia by CFP standards is uh, five, Baylor seven. Georgia still number five per SP Plus with a rating of 28.4, 34.7 on offense, which is 29th in the nation. 9.2 defense, which is still first. Um, Baylor is way down at 14, 19.3. They have the 17th best offense, fifteenth best defense, and the 75th best special teams. So there's that. Um, But then again, it's like you said, like stats are real weird for this one because we're missing a, a boatload of the players that contributed to making those stats possible. And we know it's not scheme <laughs> on offense at least, but our, our defense, a lot of our defense will still be there to play, which will be really nice. I know Monty Rice will be leading the defense. Uh I'm i guessing anyway, just because of who Kirby Smart chose to kind of speak for the defense and the offense. Uh we have Charlie Werner who's going to be speaking for the offense, who did speak for the offense. And so I assume he may be captain for this game. Um so there's all that to to be look forward to. Um
1: yeah. Baylor, Georgia. I, I mean, <laughs> this sorry to try to put that in context more yeah because you just like ran out of steam there at the end yeah i'm just like ah yeah. i mean this is a game that that georgia by the numbers should win and, and is, is probably predicted to win by what three or four points but yeah uh, we're and, supposed to win yeah and when you look at baylor's team baylor is a team that is you know, just good at both defense and offense, right? Uh, Success rate, 47th on defense, 56th success rate pass, 43rd success rate and rush. Uh, Offensively, Baylor is 33rd overall success rate, uh, 52nd and uh, pass and 22nd and rush. They can run really well. They have a senior quarterback in Charlie Brewer who is a very dynamic guy. He really throws the ball. They can be very explosive when they want to be. In terms of explosiveness rate, they are, uh, let's see, 10th overall explosiveness rate 21st in passing 13th and rushing um they uh, are pretty good at scoring opportunities they, they they are just like an above average team kind of all the way through um they're ex- very explosive on offense a little bit less efficient um defensively probably because they play in the uh, the the Big 12 they are third overall defensive um, explosiveness uh, play rate uh, in the nation uh, defensively they're first at defending passing explosive pa- or explosive passes they are 24th at, at defending explosive rushes they're seventh at scoring opportunity uh, TD percentage this is just a team that plays really good they play really good explosiveness defense they have an explosive offense they at times this year have looked really like a little bit of a paper tiger despite the ranking because they have not looked good on offense at all now Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with injuries and just you know quarterback play etc but at the end of the day there have been times they've looked bad so i mean this is the this is a game that if we had all our players that i and this game like mattered which let's be clear as frustrating as it will be if we lose this game it still doesn't matter but if this game mattered this is a game that i would predict us to win because i think that you know despite their very good They have a very, very good passing explosiveness defense and a good explosiveness defense overall. I think that we have the offense to even maybe without these players to grind it out. But -hmm. considering that this game doesn't matter and they care about it more than we do and that we're missing all these players, it's hard for me to pick us. It really is. Even though I think that we have some advantages. I think that, you know, when we have the ball, we have the opportunity to kind of grind it out, right? Because like the numbers say that we should kind of grind it out because like that's what we... Like what we, we do. have the opportunity to do that, we, we're going to try to do that anyway. But I actually think we can do it because I think that you know they they are actually pretty good. Like yards per attempt, um, including sack yardage, are they're pretty good. Yards per carry, they're. Uh, yards per attempt are 12th in the nation defensively 43rd yards per carry third down, uh, third down conversion rate they're 65th so like they're pretty good all the way across but i would think that like we would have a talent advantage on the lines and we could kind of just grind this game out in like a 15 to 3 kind of way like you were saying but considering how hyped they are and how not hyped we are it's just hard for me to pick us
0: do we want to explore the idea of <laughs> saying uh any predictions of this game
1: yeah no i'll predict i'll make a prediction. You, predict? you want to yeah, we'll yeah. Make predictions uh i would say this really feels like a baylor 35 uga 21 kind of game and we score that 28th point like late to make it closer than it is i think it's going to feel a lot like the texas game i think charlie brewer their quarterback who is i think a senior i believe he is let's see charlie he's clear to play he was injured he's a junior He's a junior. So I think that, you know, he's a good player. And I think that this is the kind of game that he will 100%, 100% will like come out and have sort of like his big Texas quarterback moment in the same way that what's his face, <laughs> Sam Ellinger did against yeah. us. And Everybody will be like, Baylor back, baby. You know, and so like, I think, I do, I think that UGA cares more about this game than they did last year and they don't want to have that happen again. And there are people, I think, I think there are a lot of people who were on this team last year who are like legitimately like, like embarrassed about the way that the Texas game happened. So we're not going to say they're not going to try. It's just like, it's hard to predict success when you have that much missing. Mm -hmm.
0: Hard to say. Hard to say. Indeed. This is a,
1: it's like that, that Jim Mulaney (laughs) thing. Like who's to say, (laughs) like, I I don't know. I mean, it's so ultimately what, what, I mean, like, what are you looking for in this game? Like throw the score. Well, give me a score prediction. And then I have a question.
0: It is a five point spread uh officially as of right this moment so it, it could change before the 1st you know things change we'll have more practices and whatnot and we'll we'll hear more from what's going on and maybe Kirby Smart will give away a little bit more but this is a team that's able to score more points than UGA uh per game at this point they're only allowing 19.3 overall this team looks fairly similar across the board you know and they have a lot more players that are actually going to be there which is which is great for them um I'm, I'm not super excited about this game uh because we don't typically do well in bowl games and you know it's also an 845 kickoff, i mean we, so that's a we thing. had
1: in the past before <laughs> last year we did but yeah. yes
0: before la- yeah before we were uh looking in right from the outside knocking on the door of the top four uh it, it was a lot more important to us bowl games in recent years have become a lot less important to georgia uh for the the reason of the college football playoffs and it's just kind of a letdown after you come from the sec championship or you know doing really well or you know losing your your bid to the college football playoffs due to technicalities kind of thing but with all that being said this could be a a pretty cool game where we see some some great things from some players we don't get to hear from often like our our fantastic running backs we might see some weird things from running backs in uh packages a lot of them
1: catch more often Um, yeah hold on so what, what was your prediction
0: I haven't predicted yet. I'm trying to I'm uh, trying to get oh, you're talking myself to, get there? to okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With all that being said, I think this is a game where we'll see uh maybe one or two touchdowns through the air. I think we'll see two or three points from 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 uh hot rod. Um I think we still have enough efficiency to get down the field to at least get into his kicking zone. So we'll probably see hopefully twenty-one, like seventeen Georgia, if we're doing really well. I think it's a low scoring game if we win this game. I don't think it's a game we run away with but if we don't score on at least like if, if we have to punt it or we turn over on downs, I think it's a game we lose pretty handily. Like it could look even like 28 or 35 Baylor to George's 21. Um, And that would be real nasty. I don't want that to happen, but it is what it is. That's where I'm at.
1: Yeah. I think that feels pretty accurate. So hold Mm -hmm. on. Let me ask you this. What do you want to see? Take the score out of it because this game doesn't matter. The points are made up. They don't matter. This is whose line is it? Anyway, what do you want to see out of this game? what do i want to see out of this game i want to
0: see i want to see um zamir White have a great game i want to see him come out and and do really well i want to see well i want to see more rotation from all three of those running backs really i want to see them in some, some different packages that allow them to do more and one thing that i did see from the media's practice um notes and everything was that kirby smart is hoping to fake out baylor because we have so many players missing um, he wants to fake them out and kind of Keep them <laughs> guessing as to what it is we are doing, which is easy to do because who who knows. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I I, I do want to see some more weird stuff from our running backs. Maybe use the tight ends a little bit, throw them in there, pepper it in. Why not? uh But I expect to see this game probably on the ground more often than I see it through the air. Yeah. What about you? I
1: mean, you. I mean, that's that's probably. I mean. I, I expect to see something solidified and, and, and that makes me so angry that I can't breathe. What I would like to see is just like, you know, what does the depth look like? What are our what is the backup offensive line look like? What is the what are the backup running backs look like? Like you said, but I'd also just like to see like, I don't know, like prove something, Kirby. Do something. If you really if you really think that you can improve this offense without changing the offensive coordinator, then show me like this is mm-hmm. this is the time to do it right now.
0: Yeah, tell, show like, us this that is, you're changing something.
1: Show us this that something has changed. This is when you need to show me that it's the, that, that is what is going to happen.
0: Give us some hope for the off-season. Set the tone for 2020. Something, anything, something cool. It's kind of like where yeah. uh, Mr. Incredible yeah. sees that kid on the driveway, and then he's like, what are you looking at? What are you waiting on? And he's like, I don't know. Something amazing happened, I guess. I'm like that's I'm that kid right now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You're the superhero. Do something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do something amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also just like, if the supposition is we just have to execute better and, you know, just keep improving the talent that we have, we don't need to change offensive coordinators, then fucking show me that that's true. Show me that you're not yeah. dead, Georgia.
0: What a time. I have a few fun questions here that we could ask. Yeah. We got a few uh, good questions here for our, our our very short but sweet Ask CBC. This is, of course, the segment of the show that is our favorite And if you ever want to hear your questions on the show, you can always hashtag ask CBC or send them into us uh, through Gmail as well, since we will get those and ask those on the show. Uh, The first question, however, comes in from these are all off-season questions, by the way, because the other questions we got have already been answered through uh, just Mm -hmm. us talking about it. But first question comes from Heath. It is what hobby should I pick up between now and next season?
1: I'm going to go with running. I like running. Running is so fun running has such a bad name running has such a bad name but it's so fun and it's so calm it's so calming it's so meditative i love every time i run i love it and i'm so fucking bad at it but i still love it
0: i i really love running i used to love running a whole lot more uh before my acl surgery uh, and before my acl injury i used to be in cross country and track and so i really love being able to do a thing for an hour it's kind of like when people are like why do you like rice so much it's like because i like eating a thousand of something shout out to mitch Hedberg there but i love running running is so much fun you should also try picking up and um, it's good for you it's good for you it's so easy too. you just gotta walk outside doesn't take it doesn't
1: take any doesn't take any equipment you can just go
0: i also what hobbies am i gonna pick up over the? because you know each year we somehow fill the void that was chapel bell curve with a million other things hey tabletop games tabletop games we're gonna do an episode definitely of uh something on the show where it is just an rpg game Oh, i have i know i
1: already know i already know what we're doing Okay, I, I've already started working on it. Oh, good. We're okay. We're gonna play Monster Hearts UGA edition, <laughs> <laughs> where like one person is the, but it's gonna be opposite. Like the werewolf is gonna be the cheerleader, and then the uh-huh. fae is gonna be the football player. I'm and very like, into this. Yeah, it, it's happening, and like there will be sex moves. It will not be <laughs> safe for work.
0: <laughs> uh CBC after dark. Next question yeah. comes from Banshee. Banshee Radio. What is the most memorable non-football moment of the year on the podcast, and can it be explained? Uh, i'll ask you the second question in a moment Mm. but do you have a non-football moment of the year on the podcast
1: i mean i thought that i think all of our like weird nerd diversions especially like just people suddenly being like oh they like tabletop games tell us about that that was probably Mm. kind of the highlight for me
0: this was a good year we talked about it a little bit the last few episodes of like this was kind of a boring year for football for us yeah and um Seth was it Seth Emerson or, or no, it wasn't Seth Emerson it was Will Leach talked about it in an article. Just it was it was kind of boring. And that's the kind of the, you know, the consequence of manball is that you 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 do the thing you do until it works. And then you're like, oh, the game's over. Mm-hmm. And so we did have a lot of diversions from football on the show this year. And I hope that people enjoyed it. It seems that people did, at least from the, the numbers, because um, we are, I think, unabashedly ourselves. And that's something I really enjoy doing uh on this show and so yeah all my all the things that weren't football for me on this show the things that made it to air are all of my favorite moments which is kind of a cop-out but uh it's true i really like being able to to answer questions that have to do with all the things i enjoy which is kind of what this show is Mm -hmm. Uh, whenever anybody asks me like what is well what's your podcast about and i see the light go from their eyes when i say it's an advanced stats uga football podcast i say we're just kind of pretending (laughs) (laughs) because it kind of is uh we're just pretending to be an advanced stats football podcast uh because that's the platform upon which we're allowed to talk about all the other things we also talk about uh in between the stats and the football but really we just really like numbers too so
1: part of it i i i agree totally i think that's the best the best parts of this podcast period have nothing to do with football (laughs) (laughs)
0: i'm trying to think of anything specifically that happened this year that i really really loved uh if you all have anything we'd love to hear about it too so if there's something that you really really
1: remember i don't i'm like a i'm like a parakeet like i don't remember like what happens after like 10 seconds after i say it so Mm. like (laughs) you're gonna have to tell me yeah who can say (laughs) um and can it be explained how sweet it is even after a loss was the next part of that question did you not read my like 2000 word column after we lost to south carolina you should
0: yeah go check that out on dog sports it's really good actually i say i say actually like I expected it not to, but it's actually, it's, it's just really good. I just have a really hard time apparently saying actually.
1: (laughs) No, 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 it is. It is. It's shocking that something so sincere would come out of my hands, but it did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another thing. Oh, this is just a fun little thing. This comes from a a listener named Dickoon. What's been the most attractive thing you've turned down to watch uh, the dogs, either in person or on TV?
1: Oh, so many parties, man. So many, like, like so many times that my friends who are not football people are like, hey, we're going to like we're going to go and watch this really cool. Uh, like I turned down this electronica music festival that I want to go to every year. This synthwave music festival called, um, Oh shoot. What's it called? Anyway, it's on the Electric Auburn weekend. Forest? No, 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 it's, it's, it's tiny. It's this like little underground synthwave music festival in Atlanta. Okay. No one's ever heard of it. Uh, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> you I'll have to ask it. Peter. I, no, like genuinely, I know if, yeah. if Peter, were not my friend. I would not know about it, but uh. every year I have to turn it down because he go, it's on the Auburn weekend. And there's just like so many concerts is the main thing for me. Dragon Con, man. Dragon Con. Oh, God. Dragon Con.
0: Dragon Con is always on opening weekend. And this past year, uh, it was on Vanderbilt. But this next year, no, it's still on opening weekend. The year is just weird next year because Labor Day is a week later. It's like in September rather than the first, uh, like the first or the second. Next question, actually, we got an email from Asif Delawala. Uh
1: Yeah. You, you I love him. Asif. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played. He was a season player.
0: Yeah. He said, just first off, wanted to say, loving Chapel Bell Curve, hearing y'all go back and forth on various rants takes me back to my days in the Sousa section. Just know you both make me feel at home every time I listen. Anyways, my question looks forward towards the Sugar Bowl in our matchup against Baylor. Uh, if we rewound time and we're facing Baylor when they had uh, Robert Griffin III, you could pick any Georgia QB to face off against Baylor. Who would you choose and why? And two, what type of offense would you run? Oh, anybody? Yeah.
1: Any quarterback ever, huh?
0: Any Any Georgia quarterback to face off against Baylor.
1: I'll tell you what I would do. I would pick Matt Stafford and -hmm. I would just run like wide ass open Mike Leach, throw the ball 85 times a game, except I would probably get like Lincoln Riley's version of it where you got a lot more of that like veer inside run stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like any any sort of like replacement level Georgia running back is going to be good enough to work with that offense because Matt (laughs) Stafford could freaking sling it. Or I you might throw take, the ball clear I, of I think you do, this, you do the same thing with like Aaron Murray. You could do it with just, you could do it with Justin Fields if you wanted to run it a little bit more. But I think I would love to see Matt Stafford just throw the ball like 60 times a game and be good at it and have like a good team around him. Ooh, that'd be a good
0: time. Do you have any running backs or wide receivers that you want to be
1: Uh out? I mean, it would be Stafford to Green, right? Obviously. Obviously. And probably like Gurley in the backfield. Yeah.
0: Gurley, Chubb, Michelle. Just throw them on the wide
1: receiver slots too. just know Uh, just like the the one wide receiver offense where you've got like four four running backs on the field at all times and then AJ Green
0: (laughs) I'm into it after that he just kind of signs off with uh, (laughs) a shout out to Sousa's one love
1: One love, baby. That's all the questions we got, though. I really did not think we were going to get anything out of this, but this is going to be like an hour-long episode. Here we are.
0: We always do it somehow. Just housekeeping rules. Hey, first off, before deep into the housekeeping, uh, this is our 100th episode, which is pretty wild that we've been making a thing for 100 episodes.
1: Hey, Um, congratulations. We
0: did it. That's a lot of time and effort and work (laughs) that we put into this thing. (laughs) Um, And thank y'all for listening for 100 episodes of this. Those of y'all that have been listening to this, um, shout out to you. You know who you are. We will be taking a break probably through January. We'll probably, I, we'll, when we get off this call, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll hammer out a date to talk about this game and the recruiting info we'll probably hear from after this game. And then we'll take a break um, through the rest of January. And then we'll be back in February to do some weird off stuff and probably talk more about uh, recruiting and other things. And if there's anything you'd like to hear us do during the off let us know. Let us know what it is uh, that should look like and what it is you'd enjoy listening to. Because the off season had traditionally been an off season for us as well, um, and that being said, we'll, we will pause the
1: Patreon, so you're not paying yeah. for nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, we would like to do more stuff. So yeah. if we, I think, I think the RPG episode where we get like me and you and Peter at least and maybe one Mm -hmm. or two others is it's definitely going to happen. So that's going to
0: happen. And we'll pause the Patreon and you'll hear from us every once in a while. But if you still want to be involved, you want to hear kind of what's going on behind the scenes. We always pull our discord folks and that group is still growing, growing, growing. It's just a dollar to get in there a month. So if you want to throw a dollar our way a month um, and hop in there, you're totally good. Um, And this would be the time to do it. I imagine that's free money, baby. Uh, especially Mm -hmm. since the patreon would be paused (laughs) so hop on over there and see what's going on behind the scenes you got anything else to say before we sign off for now
1: nathan uh i love you all it's gonna be awful don't worry about (laughs) it
0: yep and go dogs
1: go dogs